Hi, and welcome back to The K-Hole, where the points are made up and nothing matters. I'm your host, Mary Kay, and joining me this week in The K-Hole is the proprietor of a Twitter account called Out of Context Frasier. It's OOC Frasier on Twitter, and uh, this is a parody account dedicated to the 90s sitcom starring Kelsey Grammer, Frasier, which was a spinoff of the popular sitcom cheers hello hello mary Kay. i am tweeting oh that's fun that's like the thing that the man says what man um the man uh the man from the the series um fraser should i, oh, I call right. you fraser should i call you fraser you can call me fraser yes okay that's, that's totally fine Okay, that's probably the easiest, just because I know you're very secretive. Um, very secretive, yes. Tell me about Fraser. Tell me about the pull of this show. This account has almost 10,000 followers. Kind yeah. of, I would say, alternates between um, fictionalized accounts of episodes of the program. And uh, I'm seeing a tweet here that just says Garfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it says Garfield. Can I? That's do you mind if I correct you? Oh okay. no, please, please. It just—it's Garfield. So it's right, a little bit, right, a little bit more pronounced. I, I, I like to think of myself as someone who has kind of a visionary idea of what what Fraser would be now, um, mm. in, in this kind of uh, media landscape of 2020. Um, I don't think it's as simple as having a, a podcast called I'm listening with Fraser crane or something like that. You know what I mean? Something that pedestrian, I kind of like to think of myself as, uh, um, someone that really understands, uh, the core of Fraser, not, not necessarily the text, but the subtext and the, uh, uh, anyway, he also loves Garfield, I think. So that's just kind of, that's his, that's his point of view. I am seeing the next tweet down, actually, from the Garfield one. does say, I am the only person who really understands Fraser Crane. Yeah, that's just kind of the vibe of... of yeah. that, that's honestly the closest, um, the closest tweet that I have made that, that just kind of sums up me as a mm. person. That's the closest I think you'll get to the person that runs this account. Do you, do you know what I mean? Right. Now, what is it, though? What is it about about Frasier? Because mm, mm. I feel like we have seen this resurgence of interest right. in that program. Mm-hmm. And um, there were other series on at the same time. Sure. Uh, a Friends, a, um, a Seinfeld, maybe a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I feel about Frasier resonates mm-hmm. with people um what do you think well, that is it's an inter- it's it's an intellectual show isn't it don't you feel well i think fraser certainly is an intellectual oh uh, you don't feel like the show is intellectual you know well like, you know you don't feel like when eddie gets up to a, a a real row in the uh you know in the apartment you know that, that eddie that's being the dog yeah, yes of course eddie the dog right yes. yeah do you ever think about how um, there's a man named Bulldog, but a dog named Eddie? I had not thought of that before. Okay. That's now Bulldog, interesting character. 
because mm-hmm. uh, this is a character who is, in many ways, the anti-Fraser. I yes, I think that's actually merit a very very apt description of Bulldog. Thank you, thank you. In the sort of inverse of Fraser, uh, very mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, rambunctious, very rowdy, interested in sports, scorns, uh, the opera, Mm -hmm. and other kind of similar pursuits. Um, Although there is a point at which they converge, and that is that they are both very driven by sort of a base lust i would argue yes yes i agree i think they uh, i think off screen we we often missed the moments where their mutual lust for for the women in their lives was was shared with great vigor but we never really saw a lot of that i think they were actually very similar in that way and i think i think the show um to kind of let you fill in the blanks of the imagination with that. I think, I think that's really where those two characters did intersect. Um, but Frazier, you know, he, he was very aware of sports from, from his father, Martin, obviously, but, but, you know, Bulldog really understood the, the world of sports. So this was a, a key differentiator between, between the two characters. Sports. Bulldog, perhaps somewhat ironically, played by an out gay man. Yes. Which was unusual yes. at the time for television. Un- unusual, uh, yes. I, I think, you know, we saw seeds of, of, of Barney from How I Met Your Mother and, and Bulldog a bit in that regard. In many ways, the predecessor of that character. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very, very true. Yes. Anyway, what what do what if I may ask? I, I've never really been asked about you know, the account before. I haven't really given one of these interviews. What what, what do you like about uh, Fraser, or or do you like Fraser? I, I don't even know. I, you, you asked me to do this interview. I don't even know if you like Fraser. Uh, do I like Fraser? I mean, um, I think there are a lot of things to like about Fraser. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of a modern farce. I think it's sort of the apotheosis of the modern farce Mm. episodes, um, you know, episodes like the, the literary Halloween party in which, uh, Fraser's brother Niles is led to believe through a miscommunication that Fraser has impregnated their housekeeper and Martin's physical therapist, Daphne, who Niles, of course, famously, is in love with yes unbridled Uh, unbridled yes love and lust for daphne yes the reality though is that it's fraser's producer ross Ross. who is pregnant fraser is not the father Mm -hmm. and this episode is sort of a series of miscommunications and misunderstandings humorous misunderstandings um that in many ways formed my my impression of what adult life might be like, mm, I would mm. say. Uh, this episode, episodes like the, um, and you'll forgive me, I can't recall the title, uh, the Lodge episode where Fraser and Niles go to their father's lodge with two beautiful women. With two women, yes. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of a, 
a classic room mix-up where no one's quite sure who is attracted to whom. Uh, there's a great deal of alcoholic eggnog involved. I was led to believe that adult life would involve a number of of tipsy indiscretions, sure. of humorous mix-ups. Um, thus far, not so many of those. Right. Um, thus far. Right. Yeah, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't believe you're part of the same intellectual circles in seattle so maybe that's maybe that's the, the no that's thing. true that's you true know. i may be missing out um this may be a west coast phenomenon mm. um i did spend some time on the west coast ah did you okay i did live well. there for several years mm. and uh the closest that i came to what i would describe as a fraser episode would be uh, attending a party at a graduate school professor's apartment oh. in which several people ended up naked in a hot tub. And to me, that isn't really the Fraser kind of energy. It's a little, I don't, I don't think they would ever have gone that blue on Fraser. Right. And at the time I was sort of looking on in disgust and thinking, this isn't at all what it would be like on Frasier and I'm going to go home and sleep because it's four in the morning. Correct. You, you would have preferred some sort of multi-room mix up about, you know, uh, someone's marked sherry glass, you know, being passed from room to room, thinking it's a marker for uh, a possible lover that you're trying to follow. Correct. And, and there's some Correct. sort of, yeah. Yeah. That would have been much more Frasier esque I feel like, but, but a, a hot tub, um, with naked people, probably let's, not. Let's not mince words. A hot tub orgy. Sure, 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 sure. Right, correct. I, I don't, I don't think Fraser would be, um, you know, within about half a mile of of something. No, like I feel like the writers on Fraser they knew how to keep it classy. They wanted to mm -hmm. sort of elevate the medium and mm -hmm. take it into a more cerebral sort of realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the kind of classy, like the one episode where, where Frazier dates a woman that looks exactly like his mother and it takes, um, the entire episode for him to realize that. Now that episode, of course, refers to the Freudian theories, which Frazier, mm -hmm. Frazier holds so dearly. Yes. Because Niles is a Jungian, of course, and that's that's one of the the classic ways in which I think Fraser derives most of his comedy. Actually, is the, the interplay between these two contrasting ideologies from early the early days of psychotherapy. Uh, of course, of course. But uh, but yeah, that that was uh, a, a classic episode uh, played by uh, Rita Wilson, um, Tom Hanks's current wife. Yes. Mm, mm. Famously 
promulgating the idea of the shadow, mm. the the dark version of the self that is sort of a mischievous rascal figure, um, but who can be known in order to channel that energy into one's life uh, in perhaps a similar way. And I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but there are perhaps parallels there to Freud's concept of the id, which Fraser certainly was driven by much of the time. Fraser's id is, I would say, generously um, ignited all of the time. Yes. Uh, uh, To say nothing of the ego. (laughs) Sure. To say nothing of that. Uh, Fraser's ego, of course, getting him into a number of sticky situations over the course Mm -hmm. of the series. Now, you have the id, you have the ego, and do do you recall the third... Uh, member of, course, of, of, of Freud's course be, of course would be the super ego yes right right of course the super ego um, and what is where does the super ego fit into this um, I mean the, the the super ego is really uh, the calibration of one's kind of awareness with like societal place and um, like social standards and learned behavior from teachers, parents, caregivers, uh, authority figures in your life. So, um, uh, Frazier is an interesting character in the sense that I think at, at any given point, um, the, the ego or the super ego are hyper inflated and kind of showing their, um, their prominence. I, I think Frazier is an interesting character in the realm of television and that I think all of these things have, a place in in Frazier's uh, in Frazier's characterization on television, which you know, if you if you turn on your average episode of Friends, that's just not there. If you turn on your average episode no. of Seinfeld, it's just not there. Um, your How I Met Your Mothers and what have you, it's just not there. Uh, your Big Bang theories, it's just not there. I think um, Frazier let a lot of his super ego drive. Um, many of the troubles he got into his sense of decorum, if you will. I think that mm. was something that was always at the, um, at the forefront. But at the same time, I have to say, I mean, a lot of superego is about self-criticism and that was often not part of the process for, for Frazier. So, a lot of his worldview is shaped, I think, by these these concepts of looking at how society is supposed to be. But in terms of his his ability to look inward and actually shape his own behavior to become someone better, oh my goodness, it took him 11 seasons and it still didn't really click in many ways. So it's an interesting um, it's an interesting character, and and I think that's that that is what really drove me to create. Um, an account like I did to celebrate the, the many different facets of a, of a character like Fraser Crane.
self-criticism, self-improvement, not really... Uh, not really part, his thing. Not really one of Fraser's strengths. No. Um, now, uh, Alan Watts, whose ideas have come up on the show in the past, famously argued that it is impossible to improve oneself, uh, that it is something of a, a fool's errand. And today, we are inundated with uh, demands to improve ourselves, to, uh, mm. to fix our bodies, our minds, our spirits through, uh, through all manner of programs and purchases of various devices. Um, wh what do you think Fraser might say about this, the sort of goopified landscape of ideas that we find ourselves in? I think he would hate it. I think he would hate it. I think he would would thrash out at um, at these kind of in, the 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 emptiness of most of these most of these calls uh, for self improvement. I, I think he would have his own framework. He would have his own framework that I think he would try to sell on his own program, maybe Interesting. a podcast or something like that. But I think um, I I. I believe he would he, he he the direction of pop psychology that has shifted from the early 90s when when Frazier kind of took shape to now um, has really gone from uh, um, you know tools to help you improve to uh, platitudes to help you improve nothing really mm. of, of substance and I think he would thrash out about that um, while unfortunately also not you know maybe offering a lot in in return um i think this this kind of world would be difficult for fraser to navigate in some ways um but i don't know we i can only speculate but i do believe i know fraser better than anyone i think oh, he well. would i think he would have a problem with today's pop psychology well fraser of course always found himself in a, a bit of a difficult situation with regards to pop psychology, because on the one hand, he is the host of a successful radio show in which yes. he dispenses psychological advice to his listeners in a, you know hour-long time slots. And on the other hand, wants to be respected as a serious psychiatrist yes. and finds himself needled by his brother Niles for his abandonment of traditional analysis uh, with the couch and dealing with the same patient for, for hours and hours at a time. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there were times at which Fraser did attempt to do that again. He did. He he went back several times. Yes, and had some difficulties with that. He did. So, even as he criticizes the pop, the popification of mental health, uh, he finds himself drawn into it. Yes, but it's it's boredom or 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 futility i feel like that drives frazier away from traditional psychoanalysis because 
it's it's the the irony that that is continues to be hammered home uh is a great frustration he experiences and uh, expresses about the inability to change people's behavior through his own uh psychoanalysis practice um uh, juxtaposed with the fact that he doesn't learn he, he he makes no effort to really change his behavior. It's, it's one of the classic projection symptoms of, of seeing your own inability to do something and putting it on others. And perhaps his practice was working better than he realized, but he just couldn't see that um, his own lack of progress might have been clouding his view of how effective he, he was as a, a psychologist. But, you know, on the radio, it's much, much easier. You, you send your message out in 15 minutes if, if if the caller says oh wow thank you then that you've 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 done your job so i think it's that direct immediate uh uh feedback loop that he was getting from from the phone show and um i don't know sometimes i worry about uh, i worry about fraser you know There's also this desire for for recognition mm-hmm. that drives Fraser, mm-hmm. and uh, the sense that to be a psychoanalyst is to toil in relative obscurity, and right. it may be a prestigious position. It may be um, an admired position, not by all. Not, for example, perhaps by Martin, mm. Fraser's father, but there is the sense that Fraser craves the adulation of others and uh, desperately needs to be held up and reinforced as a, someone who is wise and someone who has all of this knowledge and is a capable healer. Mm-hmm. And I think people can relate to that. Right. I think people can relate to wanting this sense of, uh, of accomplishment. Yeah. Um, and without, without having a call in show, Frazier couldn't create a, you know, a, a, let's say a cringe compilation. Of, of the calls he gets and puts them on YouTube, which I think he would do. Correct, correct. Well, I think how that would work is uh, Bulldog or some some other member of the station might create that, and Fraser would initially be horrified. Oh, oh be and, horrified. And might... Uh, might profess his revulsion for that kind yes. of thing. And then Bulldog would mention, or Roz might say, well, Fraser, it has uh, 500,000 views. Yep. And Fraser would say, well, hold on, Roz. Perhaps I've been a bit hasty. I mean, these new forms of media, uh, 
you know, if we want to reach the younger people, then we have to use the forms that speak to them. Mm-hmm. So Fraser gets on TikTok. What do you think, um, what kind of video games do you think, uh, Freddy plays in Fraser's Child. Fraser's Child. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm. There thinking, is a right answer. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I am remembering that Freddy plays a game that I believe is similar to a Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode in which Niles becomes obsessed with that game as well. Correct. Um, now, does Freddy play Fortnite? I'm I'm afraid to say that he he does, but I I don't believe I don't believe he's up on season um, whatever season we're in. I think he was a I think he was excited about the original version of Fortnite and played the early days of the multiplayer. Mm. Saved the world. Right. He was very into data mining. I can see that for Freddy. Mm. I can see that for Freddy. I also see Dota in Freddy. Dawn of the Ancients. Mm-hmm. I do. Defense of the Ancients. Sure. No one's quite sure. No one's quite with sure. that acronym. All I know acronym. is that you can't drink sherry in Dota, so it's they fine. don't let you. That is against the terms of service. It is. I don't know if Freddie. This is a tough one to admit. I don't know if Freddie exists. Okay, say more. I believe Freddie was a coping mechanism for for uh, Frazier to to deal with his uh, outward stressors. I think he's, I think Freddie is someone f- the writers put into that show as a way to emphasize Frazier's stress about his career and living with Martin and, um, and things like that. I, I don't know if Freddie actually existed. I've never said that on the account. I, I wow. just, I'm sometimes worried about that. That's, That's quite a a supposition. It, it's just tough for me to understand how Fraser could could bring a child into into the world that he he occupies. I don't know. It's hard to to consider. It's hard mm-hmm. to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Freddie also uh, oddly a a figure of competition for Niles mm-hmm. in at least one episode mm-hmm. in which Niles sees him as a possible love rival 
yes, for of, Daphne's yes, affections. For Daphne. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, recalling the uh, Freudian theories, of course, in this case, uh, Daphne is is not Freddie's mother, but I think listeners will forgive me for making that connection of mm, mm-hmm. uh, the older woman and uh, and Niles. Though at that point, not, well, was he involved with Daphne at that point? That's a good question. And one that I. No, no, he no. wasn't. He wasn't. No, no. That, that was the, that was the, um, that was the central conflict of that episode was that, you know, um, Freddie was getting more attention from, from Daphne than Niles was. Of course, of and, course. And, and Niles that, as that a, relationship had not been consummated at that point. Mm, Niles as a a rational person. Uh, uh-huh. threatened threatened by this. Yes. Uh but I Deeply. think we we all we can relate to that. I think so. Uh I think so. Even if it's absurd. I think that in those sorts of situations, we we all can act absurd in ways that are apparent to those on the outside, but seem perfectly reasonable in the moment. Martin was buried or cremated. Mm. Now, I believe Martin would have wanted the most no-nonsense. Right. Uh, approach for disposal of his body, because I, I think Martin would say that uh, when he's gone, he will have no further use for his body. And uh, to go through a lot of trouble over it would be absurd. Oh, a waste of time. Just Am I saying? A, just put me in a box, Frage. Just throw me in the trash, Frage. As long as I'm uh, by your mother, just put me in a box, Frage. And of course, Frazier would would spend time and money oh. shopping for a, mar- a marbled wood mm. uh, with 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 handles um shaping a crest that he designed um and Niles would say I don't know if this is what dad would want but Fraser would would do it anyway he would do it anyway. And then at the last moment, say, as Frazier's perhaps uh, 
going through Martin's things and finds a note. And the note just says something like, I love I love Seattle Seahawks. Frazier would just would just break down and say, Okay, let's put let's put the man in a box. Put the man in a box. Mm-hmm. Does Frazier believe in any sort of afterlife? Or is his mm. scientific education robbed him of any connection to a greater power? I I believe Frazier believes in the kind of self-actualization that that transcends the physical realm. He would never call it God, something as foolish as that. He would never do that. But I, I do believe I I I believe if Frazier had enough drugs in his body, he would truly believe that God exists, but he would never name it God, I, I feel like. He'd never, ever. But something more powerful than anything he could physically see, I, I believe he knows in his heart that 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 that's out there um i believe he believes it looks exactly like him whatever that power oh. is someone with a uh, a pronounced forehead and a, a chiseled jaw someone who um would do anything to find a an action figure for freddie but in the metaphysical sense hmm and he would still love Christmas lights, even though he has no belief in the Judeo-Christian God. I believe Fraser believes himself to be God. At least in his world. And that, that's, that's the only world he knows. Or he's a Methodist. Frazier teach us thinking of Frazier as hmm. a man or, hmm. but also a series uh, and as one that if it were to return hmm. in a literal sense would undoubtedly hmm. be a disappointment hmm. knowing that what can we learn from Frazier We can learn about self-acceptance from our flaws. We can we can still have a beautiful apartment with a puffy, oily, gross chair in the middle of it. Um, we can learn a lot about um, 
about having such open disdain for a dog you live with that it 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 causes you cardiac distress um we can learn a lot about um baristas and um mm. and 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 how important that job is to the intellectual to the learned person how a barista is the closest thing we have to a confessional someone who feeds us with the lifeblood of thought i think barista respect is the most important thing fraser can teach us if it came back i i don't know what could Fraser teach us now? What could Fraser teach us now? I think Fraser could teach us. Hmm. how to think again mm. I feel like if we focus on forming the world around us we'll be able to make sense of the world as it made sense to Fraser, who again utilized the id, the superego and the ego in ways that I've never seen a television character use all three And um, even though he was rough around the edges, I, I believe I believe Fraser could teach us a lot. Um, also about sherry, which no one, uh, no one, uh, no one drinks. No one drinks sherry now. No one, no one does drink sherry anymore. What did What did Fraser teach you? I mean, Fraser obviously teach, taught you something about about life or yourself otherwise I, I don't i don't think you would have invited this conversation fraser taught me to believe in myself mm. um fraser showed me that it was okay to be weird okay now hmm. now in what ways did Fraser's weirdness um, impact you specifically? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Fraser, um, you know, his uh, his willingness to ignite a feud over the smallest inconsequential mm-hmm. remark. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. his willingness to refuse to let something go. I'm thinking mm. of the episode, of course, where a man in a focus group says that he doesn't like him and he can't let that go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the positive remarks from the rest of the group just roll right over him. 
Right. All he can think about is this one man who doesn't care for him. And um, in the process of trying to figure out what it is that he doesn't like care for, uh, destroys this man's life. Yes. This dogged determination to place oneself at the center right. of the universe, to mm-hmm. see oneself as the protagonist, to um, to consume massive amounts of caviar and sherry, to join the Russian mafia in order yes. to obtain more caviar, to... Uh, to kill his brother Niles, to strangle a dog, to lie to his father, to steal his father's gun, to go on sort of a nude rampage through Seattle. These are all things that I admire mm-hmm. about Fraser, And whether or not any of them actually happened, I think they just sort of say a lot about about the man and this last one jumps sort of beyond the realms of fiction to reality but Kelsey Grammer's tattoo that he's rumored to have on his genitals I think that also is an admirable it is admirable uh, Undertaking. I think the lasting, you know, the lasting lesson I would take from from Frazier, if I can boil it down to, to one episode, please, is, the, is the day that the day the day that they celebrated Frazier Crane in Seattle. It's Frazier Crane Day. It was going to be under the Space Needle, a um, um, a, a wonderful celebration of Frazier's contributions to the city of Seattle and, um, um you know, a celebration of the radio show and um, kind of a culmination of the many uh, things he had uh, given to the city of Seattle and to to many patients around the city. Um, He did get lost um, and essentially did not even get to his uh, own show, his own... uh, his own appreciation ceremony on time um, because um, he, he could not manage the monorail system and he could not just do the simple thing and make it there on time. He had to keep fighting with Niles uh, during their trek from one end of the city to another. And although it felt like a defeat him not really getting to enjoy the fruits of his celebration day. At the end of the day, the television show is still called Frasier. And no one can ever take that away from him. Wow. Wow. I mean, I think that I think that really says it all. Uh, I think that's a good place to to end on. Uh, if okay. people want to 
check out the account. That is yeah. OOC Fraser on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, some some may not know how to spell Fraser, uh, if I may. It's O-O-C-F-R-A-S-I-E-R. Uh, I've seen some people put the I in front of the S for some silly reason. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, that's that. Please follow that account. You'll understand Fraser and also God. Mm. And if you would like to follow this podcast on that same website, twitter.com, you can do so at K-Hole World, not the K-Hole Podcast. We have nothing to do with that. And uh, we would ask that you please leave them alone. Until next time, I'm Mary Kay, and this has been the K-Hole. Good night. The K-Hole is a fanbyte.com production, hosted by Merritt Kay and produced by Jordan Mallory. Follow Merritt on Twitter, at Merritt Kay. Follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordan underscore Mallory. For more information on the Cheers Expanded Universe, please visit fanbyte.com slash podcasts. 